0: This program contains mature subject matter,
1: including maladjusted youth, masochistic killbelies, and the excitement of The Price Is Right.
0: It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers.
2: Viewer discretion advised.
3: I would like, if I may, to take you on a train.
4: <laughs> I'm
3: giving you a choice. I could put on these g- 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 bosses or start eating that trash.
1: You maniac!
0: What is a man?
5: When we are successful, we're <laughs> We had a real chance with this Hello. take me to your lizard it comes from a very ancient democracy you see what a world of lizards no nothing anything like so straightforward on its world the people are people the leaders are lizards the people hate the lizards and the lizards rule the people they use brainwashing reality tv lifestyle magazines the usual stuff if it's a democracy Why don't the people get rid of the lizards? It honestly doesn't occur to them. They've all got the vote, so they all pretty much assume that the government they've voted in more or less approximates to the government they want, so they go back to watching TV. You mean they actually vote for the lizards? Oh, yes, of course. But why? Because if they didn't vote for a lizard, the wrong lizard might get in. Got any gin? But that's terrible. Listen, bud. If I had an Altarian dollar for every time I heard one bit of the universe look at another bit of the universe and say, that's terrible, I wouldn't be sitting here like a lemon looking for a gin. But I haven't, and
6: I am. The lizard people. Welcome back to episode 36 of Behind the Schemes. What is today's date? Oh, March 8th, 2021. We got Booberry and uh, Monty here tonight. Malachi couldn't fucking join us because... He's got more important shit. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, he 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 hates Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy. He apparently. does. He <laughs> hates lizard people too. He's a lizardist. <laughs> Starts spreading salacious rumors of his lizardiz- lizard 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 His lizardisms are going everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how you doing? Excellent,
7: thing, my friend. How are you doing tonight?
6: Uh, you know, I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm a little uh haywirey at the moment. Just had a massive bout of uh, insomnia and I've literally spent the last 26 hours working on tonight's episode <laughs> so it's gonna be great
7: I hope it goes for four or five hours of excellency
6: oh man I was uh, I was listening to a show today grumpy old Ben's, and they passed the three and a half hour mark and you know I really try and listen in when I can live mm. <laughs> and they hit that three and a half hour mark and I was like I'm all for that long run or that long game. But damn, this is this is a little too much. I got got my own shit. I got to work on.
7: There is a thing about breaking it up into two parts. I, I agree. So we'll go for as long as we need to go tonight. And if it gets to that point, two parts and that's it. And that's it. Well, we'll just it like see, that.
6: here's here's kind of the interesting thing thing. I think we have with our setup, I hope mm-hmm. is it's kind of like we're just grabbing onto threads and we're walking down the web. And yep. if there's a point of intersection that sounds interesting, maybe we go down it. Maybe we stay on the current path as right. it stands now. Um, this is just a little bit of a, a foreshadowing for what the second half of show for the next couple of uh, weeks is going to be on, except for next week. We actually have um, Dean Reiner from the up is down podcast, joining us to talk about unions next week. Uh, same time, Moan Days behind the schemes.com slash scaly show. You can listen live there. Uh that's nine thirty central, ten thirty eastern. If you want to hang out and chat with us, uh it's the IRC hashtag green room. Um, what else? Uh I actually listen to this podcast
7: too. It's 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 really well done and what very well produced. Like I don't know if we have any new listeners here tonight, but it's Definitely uh, something to take some time and like set aside a, an hour or two to actually like deep dive into. Yeah, did you? Uh, a lot of really good content. Did you? Uh, did, was it the Libya one that you checked out? Yeah, yeah. I only Holy checked out shit, like the first right? twenty minutes of it before I had to pick up another passenger. But yeah, it was it was <laughs> very raw. I'll say
6: that. No doubt. No yeah. doubt at all. Um. This is maybe, maybe this is shooting, shooting the load a little too early. Uh, but I'm definitely excited about it. I'm excited enough that I want to throw it out into the ether to go ahead and just start that process of making it happen. Um, I've been talking to the host from Bowl After Bowl and, uh, Sir sort of Seat Sitter from Abs. And, um, we three are feeling like, doing a uh, sort of, like, designate designated podcast review show where we just pick, like, two or three episodes. All three of us, we do a quick 20-minute, um, play some clips, do the review and all that shit. Uh, Siskel and Ebert, you know, all over the place. And then mm-hmm. just release a weekly thing. Um, and I think with the amount of shows that the three of us consume, I, I think we can uh, cast a wide net, so... Maybe
8: get honestly, excited. About
7: honestly, it sounds like fun. Like, it, you're like trying to make it seem like you don't want to really do it, but I know you would love to do it. And I'd love to join you too and do it as well, by the way. Yeah. But at the same time, um, yeah, do it. it it's going to be fun. It's going to be a bunch of people who love podcasting, hanging out with each other, and commenting on shit. So uh, yeah. if, if the audience members like agree with it, you'll see it in your uh, stats later on. So yeah, go ahead and try it out it's because we're still early in our podcast like we don't know what we're doing honestly <laughs> <laughs> like we like to act like we know what we're doing but it's like even though we're like what what, what, what adrian what are we like seven or eight months in now
6: at this point? point nine uh,
7: months maybe damn well I mean, actually i we're, mean we, i mean we should have a baby at this point we should
6: we, we, we got a little bts baby <laughs>
1: yeah
6: Um, Did you see the show (laughs) art that I uh, texted you? I I did a... (laughs) In my bout of insomnia, I drew up some more art. Um, Is this in Discord? No, I I texted it in the group thread.
7: Oh, okay. Then I did see some of it. Um, Hold on, hold on a sec. Hold on,
6: hold on. Uh, As far as... I mean... You know, realistically, it's only going to be uh, just a short little snippet of whoever's involved.
7: So you you drew that. uh, I didn't uh,
6: draw it, but I did edit it. The the mega girl. Oh, it's Samus from Metroid. But yeah, she is kind of a mega girl. Hell yeah. Uh, Happy Women's Day.
7: That's how loop I am. Uh, Yeah, it is Happy Women's International Day, too. It very much is. Did you see Philip DeFranco on that, too? Oh, with the Burger King. <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry, that was, that was funny. <laughs> That's when you know you have fucking money, you could just, on Women's Day, Women's International Day, just tweet out, they belong in the kitchen. We're just kidding. It's our new uh, scholarship program for Burger King women. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Oh yeah,
7: I. I mean, I mean, honestly, I, I I hate it, but it's so smart, I can't. You know what I mean? It's like you can hate on it, it's like, but you're not gonna cancel it, because it's like, it's. You know what I mean? It's, right. Well, <laughs> it's.
6: <laughs> we definitely do have some uh, quote unquote. It's not gonna cancel itself coming up for everybody. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's but there sure. is a, a point of order from last week that I'd like to hit on real quick. Um. I think you watched the video after I'd sent it to you, but just for everyone that's listening in, this is the video I was trying to find of Prince talking on chemtrails.
9: Tell me about Dreamer. Oh, well, um, when I saw the uh, State of the Black Union, Dick Gregory uh, really moved me and a lot of my friends show showed to everybody who comes over the house, especially white folks, because they need to hear that you know, so that they know more about all of us, uh-huh. because um, what he said affects all of us. He said something that really hit home about um, this phenomena of chemtrails. And, you know, when I was a kid, I used to see these trails in the sky all the time. And so that's cool. A jet just went over. And then you started to see a whole bunch of them. And next thing you know, everybody in your neighborhood was fighting and arguing and you didn't know why. Okay. And, and you really didn't know why. I mean, everybody was fighting. So he, he started riffing about the chemtrails. And he started to say things that uh, hit home so hard. And I would recommend that everybody try to get what he said online or... Wherever and try to get a copy of it and just listen to it Because the, uh, I was so moved that I had to write the song the other thing is the first line of the song says I was born uh, on the same plantation In the United States of the red white and blue and we live in a place now That feels just about like a plantation. We're all indentured servants, you know um, when I found out there were eight presidents before George Washington I wanted to smack somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, I wanted to know why I was taught otherwise. Just tell me the whole story, I'll fill in the blanks, but don't, you know, don't tell me something that you think I'm supposed to know. We're indentured servants
10: and we got a black president now? Hmm.
9: Well, I don't vote, I have nothing to do with it. I got no dog in that race. And for those who would cuss me out and slap me in person if if I didn't ask you why, Well, the reason why is because I'm one of Jehovah's Witnesses, and uh, we've never voted. And uh, that's not to say that I don't think uh, Barack Obama, President Obama, is a very smart individual. And he seems like uh, he means well. Um, Prophecy is what we all have to go by. Go by.
6: It clips there. I'm sorry. Um, So, yeah. It's a good place to clip by. I've never, uh, I've never personally ever heard of the eight presidents prior to George Washington. No, that shit fucked me up when you said that too, man.
7: I learned that from Prince of all people <laughs> in my fucking lifetime. <laughs> Did you know that there is eight presidents before George Washington? Cause they don't teach me that shit at my high school <laughs> or any other school I ever fu- fucking went to publicly. It's forbidden like, knowledge. It's like, yeah, you, you don't deserve it or you're not strong enough to handle it type of knowledge
6: <laughs> now the only thing that i could think of that would even be remotely close in that age age range or um, yeah i guess age range is the 1692 project but i mean even oh, that's the right. even that right. like uh came maybe out the after.
7: boomers even got a hence of it too like i don't even know i don't even know it's like it, it's a neutered part of history George Watson was the first president. Actually, I learned from Prince of all people.
6: <laughs> today I learned he, from Prince. <laughs>
7: he was the ninth president of the United States, but he was the first president under, the, under the constitution that we have today to share.
6: I feel like there's a lyric right there. Washington with his nines. <laughs> something, something $9 bill. Okay. That was a stretch. Uh I did like the part he says that we're all indentured serviti- uh, uh, indentured servants and the chemtrails coming by and, and turning everybody into sort of pricks is interesting. Um, I've always found Prince to be a highly intelligent dude um, oh, he's
7: a he's a philosopher as far as I'm concerned he just uh, chose to make his money with music. That's what oh, I yeah. see. Well he's, I mean it's, he's just like George Carlin as far as I'm concerned yeah
6: we should we should get some more George Carlin for this show.
7: oh, we will we will like uh, his shit is very relevant in terms of what's going on today. There's no doubt about it they they want to neuter him too if anything they're probably gonna cancel him next <laughs> sorry uh
6: I, I miss that Cancel who George Carlin next oh, yeah. if anything <laughs> like yeah intern
7: an him yeah, he, yeah he, he's he's way too raunchy like he he did the seven words you can't say on television like oh yeah, we did yeah. that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's George. Like, yeah, he, he knew this shit was coming. He saw it. Oh,
6: interesting. Dwildinem just dropped in our chats. Welcome to the South Texas Weather Modification Association information website. It's a small <laughs> nonprofit organization consisting of several water districts committed to enhancing rainfall across the South Texas operation area. Rainfall enhancement is conducted using cloud seeding techniques. Where aircraft release microscopic particles of silver iodide and calcium chloride into thunderstorms to increase rainfall efficiency. God damn! I mean, I knew that. Uh, who was it? Brennan? Maybe one of those uh, lizard fucks came out. It's like, yeah, you know, we do got the technology. Realistically, it's just you know, it gets contrails. That's getting bookmarked. Um, I did realize we forgot something. We forgot probably, like, the most important part for tonight's show. What's that? Uh, I forgot to do the the tarot card. I fucked it up. That's all good, man. And for tonight's card... What do we got? We got a page of cups. The suit of cups is symbolic of the subconscious mind and the emotions, which are often represented by water. Behind this youth or maiden are rolling waves. The page holds a cup from which appears a fish a symbol of an idea in the imagination. This figure is sometimes called the Princess of the Waters and Lotus of the Palace of Floods. Choose this card for a boy or a girl with light brown hair and hazel eyes. Interpretation, gentleness, sweetness, kindness, someone who is interested in poetry and the arts, dreamy at times, yet courageous when courage is needed, news, perhaps the birth of a child reverse selfishness and the love of luxury little desire to create not much imagination neat you gotta figure out a faster way of uh, getting a picture of these cards and posting them so everybody can check them out um
7: we'll link see. them up uh, we'll, we'll oh. link them up for you guys uh, soon enough either way yeah
6: I'll figure it out uh okay so last night I was talking uh, talking to someone in the chats uh Corcus, who turned me on to something that blew my fucking mind, mostly because I couldn't believe that I had missed it. Monty, are you familiar with Zozo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I
7: read the links in the uh, card description. Yeah, so Zozo is the um, Ujibor demon, right?
6: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of the inspiration for the exorcist uh, monster, Pazuzu. Yeah. Um, mm. And I don't know if you remember this specifically, but uh, last year, this would have been some time before the election uh, proper, and the Joe Biden text number came out, the 30330. Okay. Well, if you take 2020 and divide that by 666, you get 3.0330, I believe, or some capacity. You get Joe Biden's uh, text line. And what Quirkus had pointed out to me last night, and don't forget, we did that Match.com, the Satan video. It's like, 2020's been hell, but, you know, I found my fucking <laughs> hell mistress, life partner, hell right. partner. Quirkus um, pointed out that uh, 2020 looks an awful like uh, a lot like Zozo, if you can believe it. And that
7: fucked well, me up. I, 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 I was like, uh, well... I mean, I'm not trying to shortchange you here, but in what sense? Like, demonic? Lazy? Can't I mean, get anything done? Or, like, uh, like, I don't know what you mean.
6: I will... I'm going to go maybe down the demonic route for this one, just based off of some of the stuff that's lined up for tonight in the second half. Right. Um, if you think about I'm, the New Order of Barbarians, like, most of that shit was pretty dark and depressing. It was not... A fun, happy-go-lucky. I,
7: I mean, I'm not trying to brag or be braggadocio right now. I've had some women that told me my penis was dark.
6: <laughs> what? <laughs> wait, 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 wait! I got one for I got one for you.
11: <laughs> hey, champ! That's
0: really interesting. Next time, keep it to yourself. <laughs>
7: It's only the ones where it ended really bad. Have you ever had a bad relationship end at the end?
6: Uh, Well, I mean, you were I there would, the last would, time would, my I would, last I would relationship da- ended.
7: <laughs> I, would, I would dare to say some might feel like your cock is Zozo.
6: <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, several people claim to have been possessed by Zozo, and the experiences they describe are absolutely oh. nightmarish.
7: <laughs> oh, is that what you were doing over there, Adrian? I didn't say that. You didn't. No, I'm kidding.
1: (laughs) Your mother tickles puppies in heaven. You
7: can just um, buy flowers for Thanksgiving. Like you don't have to even show up. Like,
6: <laughs> so uh, I'm just gonna poke through. Um, so, so it's fairly common knowledge. You usually encounter not him specifically, but this idea when you mess around with Ouija boards. Uh, he's, he's had a couple of paranormal researchers, um, come after him. Uh, one, Darren Evans, uh, recounted having a nervous breakdown when Zozo stalked and tormented his daughter until she had to be admitted to a hospital. Uh, the internet is rife with spine, uh, spine chilling tales of meeting Zozo and facing the aftermath of each encounter. According to one witness, Zozo asked first a series of questions about players' families, Through a spirit board before mysteriously extinguishing a candle and going on to cause a streak of nasty luck for the witness and her friend. Uh, Another one uh, allegedly spent some time with her friend talking to a spirit named Zozo until her friend began experiencing strange symptoms that started with a headache and culminated with her inexplicable disappearance from the house in the middle of the night. Uh, Several people claimed to have been possessed by him. Most descriptions refer to it as a demon, but the truth is that nobody knows what he is technically. Uh the MO is to introduce itself to unwary spirit board users interact with them through, a, uh, through the board for a little while, then slowly begin to spread its influence over their lives, just like a certain Dr. Faustus that we know. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Though a few connections exist between the name Zoso and the identity of a, Me- a Mesopotamian demon, it's not a- entirely clear if Zozo calls itself a demon or reports its malicious behavior have earned it a demonic reputation. Uh, the rest of the article is in the show notes. Uh, there's just a lot. Um, you know, that's the uh the Z O S O spelling is what you'll find in the oh uh, god, what I guess it's Lizupin 4, Zoso. Um and this this article kind of like blows it off. It's just like, yeah, you know, it's like good luck, Sharon Joplin, Z- you know, they're just like, you know, fucking hippies. Uh not quite so much from my understanding. <laughs> I mean these dudes are well, a lot of the uh rock and rollers from the sixties and seventies were pretty into Crowley to some degree. Um, I think it's kind of underestimated how much of an influence Crowley had on science, <laughs> philosophy, and rock and roll just because you got uh, Jack Parsons, L. Ron Hubbard, and then rock and rollers like Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath. And he got around. He got his ideas out. He spread them. Um, so that, that was the only point in the article where I was kind of like, man, you know, you're kind of blowing that off. But... Uh, If you want to check it out, it's there. It's linked. Uh, Most of the show is linked. The rest of it is just like, ah, here's everything. (laughs) i ran out of time. You're welcome, bitches. (laughs) Uh, Next up, we got Shun the Nonbeliever. Most scientists can't replicate studies by their peers from the BBC. Science is facing a reproducibility crisis where more than two-thirds of researchers have tried and failed to reproduce. Another scientist's experiments, research suggests. And this is from is this on uh, COVID. Is this on COVID? Or <clears throat> no, what, this is from 2017. So this this one's a little older. But uh, what yeah. what was a study being done for? It was over cancer research or cancer treatment. According to a survey published in the journal Nature last summer, more than 70 percent of researchers have tried and failed to reproduce another scientist's experiments. The reproducibility difficulties are not about fraud, uh, according to. This person, Dame Ottoline Leiser, director of Sainsbury Laboratory of the University of Cambridge. I'm just barreling through. <laughs> that would be relatively easy to stamp out. Instead, she says it's about culture that prom- uh, promotes impact over substance. Flashy findings over the dull confirmatory, confirmatory work that most of science is. Uh, she says it's about funding bodies that want to secure the biggest bang for their bucks. The peer-reviewed journals that vie to publish the most exciting breakthroughs, the institutes, and the universities that measure the su- success in grants won and papers published and the ambition of the researchers themselves. Everyone has to take a share of the blame, she argues. The way that the system is set up is encourages less than optimal outcomes. Um, I forget exactly how many studies. There, there was only like eight of them. So, it would be interesting to see if they could come back and reproduce this study. (laughs) Just like a fucking row, row, row your boat of proven science. I agree. (coughs) Uh, What's next? Um, Scientists surprised by, quote, strange creatures under a mile of Antarctic ice. I really wish it was guar, but sadly not. I think it's just fucking worms. Uh, I was hoping it would be it. Oh, it just just the just the uh, Tim Curry or uh, uh, God Skarsgård.
7: I'm sorry, I, I said it. I meant the thing. Oh, the thing. God. The
6: thing was buried under ice. You know, best case scenario, I think I would rather take the thing over. They live. You know what? Because the thing will only
7: absorb you, and when it comes to they live uh you have to deal with some trauma of getting absorbed so yeah it's it's less painful with the thing right and you get flamethrowers i mean it's gonna be traumatic as fuck with the thing because it's like all slithery and like gritty yeah and and you're probably like (laughs) screaming trying to scream for your life and then it's over in like 10 minutes hopefully like I don't know. I don't know what the process is exactly. We never get into the science of like the thing and how long it takes for you to be absorbed into its collective, like the fucking uh, Star Trek Borg or whatever. The but, blob. Yeah. Uh, but either way,
6: it's, uh, it's it's very interesting. Yep. Uh, let's see. Researchers from the British Antarctic Survey have tunneled down through the ice in order to scoop up seafloor sediment, but through a stroke of uh, either fantastic or terrible luck, They happened to bore uh, their tunnel right over a boulder on the seafloor. This made it impossible to gather sediment, but dangling the instrument's camera discovered an entire ecosystem of still inexplicable life that Wired characterized as, quote, strange creatures. Um, Scientists were able to spot what appeared to be a a film of bacteria, peculiar sponges and various stalked organisms all stuck to the rock. Uh, they're just not sure how they feed down there because there's apparently no, like, food source coming in. Which uh, means they're aliens. They could be aliens. I think there's a lot going on in Antarctica that they're not telling us I about. think
7: there's all kinds of great shit. I think all the aliens are below the ocean that we observe to be the ocean, and that's it. They're already uh, here.
6: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I can't argue that. I cannot argue that.
7: They like we're trying to discover space, and we still haven't discovered every depth of the ocean yet. That's what's crazy to me.
6: Um, we should we should be going like uh, total Elon Musk on oh, the ocean. It's like uh, Elon Musk meets James Cameron, John right. Cameron, right, John, right, James right. Cameron. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Come on, guys! You could like they could do it in style. They could like uh, instead of a space convertible, <laughs> it's an underwater convertible. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like uh, you don't have to worry you don't have anything to worry about.
7: Like you're getting well taken care of over here.
6: That's a brilliant like, idea, by the way. I know.
3: <laughs> I am the hype.
6: <laughs> um now do you know where the term conspiracy theory originated?
7: Uh, it's a CIA thing like coined technically, right?
6: Yes. In nineteen sixty-seven. Uh, And now we find ourselves in alphabet soup. Mm. Uh, The CIA released a dispatch to coin the label conspiracy theory and conspiracy theorists to attack anyone who challenged the official narrative from the Warren Commission, which, uh, I mean, that's some white belt shit. That's uh, the group that studied the JFK assassination and found there was no foul play. Uh, Let's see. It's interesting to note the document is labeled psych. For psychological operations or disinformation. It's also marked CS copy at the bottom, meaning clandestine services unit. Uh, This document was a FOIA and released to the New York Times in 1976. And we actually have a clip to go over some of it.
12: Conspiracy theory is a term that strikes fear and anxiety in the hearts of most every public figure, particularly journalists and academics. Since the 60s, the label has become a disciplinary device that has been overwhelmingly effective in defining certain events as off-limits to inquiry or debate. CIA document 1035-960 played a definitive role in making the conspiracy theory term a weapon to be wielded against almost any individual or group calling the official narrative for JFK false. So what am I referring to? In 1976, the New York Times did a FOIA request, and they got this CIA dispatch in return, and the contents were explosive. The dispatch was marked PSYCH, meaning psychological operations, or pure disinformation. In addition, it was marked CS, which stood for the Clandestine Services Unit of the CIA. What this dispatch was, was instructions on how to discredit anyone that Questions the official narrative of JFK by labeling them as conspiracy theorists. And it also gave other suggestions on how to discredit people that question the JFK official story.
6: Guess it would help if I unmuted. It's just, you know, weaponized information. Nothing to say here. Move along. These are not the droids you're looking for. Move along. Keep moving. Uh, so after the sixties, the word conspiracy theory, conspiracy theorist, conspiracy started having negative connotation and enough to silence anyone who questions the official narrative to this day. We still view conspiracy theorists as crazy tinfoil hatters. It's interesting. Cause we kind of touched on this, uh, last week and this is definitely going to be coming up sometime soon. Um, but Robert Anton Wilson with the Illuminatus trilogy and, um, I, I I still I forget the guy's name who was friends with him. Um but they sort of seeded the whether it was actually real or not, but they they practiced some fucking meme magic and they willed into existence this secretive Illuminati sort of there's this uh, underground brotherhood controlling everything and they did it through Playboy letters and all that. So that should be pretty fun. Um and that was their response. It's like, oh, you know, you can't believe like all, what all these conspiracy theorists are saying. This sounds so fucking ridiculous. We're gonna, we're just gonna try and come up with the even more ridiculous things so we can just show them how crazy they are. But then everybody turned on to it. Uh, Robert Shay, um, thank you to So we'll. Uh, oh, I got one more of that. So this is part two.
12: It says at the beginning of this document, quote, this trend of opinion is a matter of concern to the U.S. government, including our organization, unquote. So they were warning other branches of government. Uh, that they needed to definitely discredit anyone that was going to question the story about what happened to JFK. This dispatch goes on to say that a recent poll indicated that 46% of Americans do not think that Oswald acted alone, and the other half thinks that the commission is hiding something or leaving something out. The CIA weaponizing this term, conspiracy theories was very successful in derailing honest attempts to investigate the roles of various governmental agencies and individuals that were involved in the execution of Kennedy. This isn't the first time that we've seen the CIA or a government agency influencing what the public generally is informed of through the media and the news. In the 50s, Operation Mockingbird was a secret project that the CIA started in order to influence public opinion, Back in the 50s, they had over 400 agents that worked in the media organizations in order to put whatever stories that they wanted out. So just imagine how many there are currently. It's such a disgrace that an agency like this is still operating when it was first established under clandestine purposes, and it operates that way in every instance. It should be abolished, and it's just unfortunate that They use psychological warfare in order to discredit people that are just trying to find out the truth.
6: Sounds fair enough to me. Abolish alphabet agencies.
12: Hey, that even works, triple A (laughs) motherfuckers.
6: Maybe it's a stretch. I don't know. I I feel pretty good about that one, though. You should. Um... Well, in that regards, you want to hear about the CIA shoving shit up their ass? <laughs> it's just, maybe, maybe could have approached that one with a little more grace, I suppose.
8: What I see when I look at the rectal toolkit is a great example of problem solving in the intelligence world. Technology is designed to fix hard problems. My name is Dr. Vince Houghton. I'm the historian and curator here at the International Spy Museum. The International Spy Museum has the largest public display of espionage artifacts anywhere in the world. There's so much base in this one. From time to time, I'll see visitors looking at our escape and evasion case, which is all the tools to help you get out of a bad situation. And you can just watch their eyes as they go from artifact to artifact until they lock on to the rectal toolkit. And and it's almost like you can see their brain working and then the light bulb pops. Are you kidding me? What I have in my hand is a CIA-issued rectal toolkit given to CIA officers during the height of the Cold War. So the materials that rectal toolkits are made of varies to a degree, but you wanna make sure that you have a material that does not have the chance of having kind of sharp edges or any kind of splintering effect because of the sensitive places that we're putting this. It also has to be finely machined. The seals have to be very tight, not only to prevent things from seeping into the actual toolkit itself, but also so that you don't have any kind of sharp edges or ridges that could possibly injure you when you're using this particular artifact. The toolkit allows them to do is have on hand ways to get them out of a bad situation, to pick a lock, to to drill your way through a door, to kind of carve your way uh, to make a small tunnel, or think of all the different ways that you could maybe break out of a jail cell, like the, you know things that might, people might bake into a cake. Well, these are all encompassed inside this toolkit because guards are gonna put you in a place and say, oh, the door's locked. We don't have to really pay a lot of attention to this guy because they don't think that you have these tools with you. And if you do, you have a huge advantage. These people who work in intelligence agencies, building these gadgets are given some impossible tasks And they're trying to figure out ways to solve the impossible problem So this is a great indication of that, right? You present a problem say if our guy's captured and he's searched Let's say he's strip-searched. How do we provide him with the tools to help him escape from this terrible situation? Well, there's your rectal toolkit and sometimes this is a matter of life and death
6: just like that just pop it right in there fuck the tsa <laughs> would you do it yeah i probably would if you were if you were a, a clandestine spy i think i would
1: <laughs> oh, no <laughs>
6: <laughs> they just sent a picture. Oh my god! And it's JFK. <laughs> it's, I murdered
7: him. I, I'm sorry to tell y'all.
6: <laughs> it, it's it's JFK with the uh, Stephen Crowder it's, it's sign a, on the side a, it's
7: of a his. Very car. sweet deal. Like I I can't help but be like, yeah, yeah. I would. <laughs> it
6: but it fucking it's, sucks. It's the Stephen Crowder sign on the on the side of the car. It says. The CIA will just accept my reining them in and cutting their budget. <laughs> Change my mind. <laughs> Reminds me of that misfit song, Bullet. Um, I'm gonna save that. That's some good shit. That's what. That's the sort of stuff that we live for here on Behind the Schemes. Damn it. Oh, uh. Dame Delorean from Bowl after Bowl and Sir Spencer also from Bowl to Bowl, uh, Bowl after Bowl made us a special stinger. Do you want to hear it? Indubitably.
11: Hey man, if you don't get behind the schemes, the schemes will get behind you.
6: Ah uh, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot actually. I'm not sure where the echo came from though. That's kind of weird. Are you still there? No, it seemed to. have. Lost on Monte there for a second. Technical difficulties. Refresh. Uh, in that regards, I get that picture saved. And we'll get back to the notes. Um, Monty, you copy. Man, you're doing so good. One of these days, we'll have a flawless victory. Flawless, I say. Flawless. And if I was big brain, I'm, I would mark this. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. Um, check still there. Hello, no, right here. Oh, leaving me, making me think something was wrong. <laughs> I was like, Podcaster dead. No, I wasn't like that. Uh, all right, let me get my notes pulled back up here. Um, speaking of shoving things up the old poop chute. <laughs> Japan has asked China to stop anal tests on its citizens.
7: Oh, this is my favorite one. I, I couldn't wait for us to get to this. All right. So
6: uh, uh, how do you feel about this, by the way? um, Well, I feel better about the anal test than I do about the nose test. I'll, I'll tell you that much. I don't.
7: You want to know why? Why is that? They only go like one, uh, two or maybe best three inches in. You want to go deeper? Yeah, you have to go, if you want to tickle the prostate and give them a reaction or some satisfaction, as you would call it, some satisfaction, you have to go at least three to four inches in. That's bullshit.
1: How
7: do I get in? Like that's it, man. Like that's crazy to me. Like you're only gonna go like one <laughs> or two inches. That's a fucking tease and 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 and, and it's uncomfortable. <laughs>
6: <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> at least it's like at least get my it's like all, it's, my, it's all like the worst was, parts of just the tip. Exactly.
7: It really <laughs> like you get just the tip, except you get nothing in the end. Like no bullshit. Like, <laughs> Lord, I only know this because I've done that side of things. I'm not gonna even say the a word now. At this point, it's be, it's become the a word uh, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, that's that's nonsense. Like you, if you're gonna do it, like go like a hundred. Don't give me this <laughs> like. <laughs> don't, don't don't give me this tickle my anus bullshit
6: it's like they, they they pull out their little uh i guess it's uh what is it is it still the swab yeah it's still the swab so they, they pull the swab I guess out. So
7: yeah i mean I, I from what i heard the technique is like they stick it in and then they have to twist it left and right to make sure they get it you know what i mean right. it's like only like two inches so it's and- like and no, when- no, fuck that, man. Go. Uh, did you ever see uh, the movie? Uh, what's it called? Um, uh, um, Road Trip. <laughs> Not in a long time. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. You're, you already know what I'm going to talk about. Uh, do you remember Stifler? Sean William Scott. He was in the movie, right? right. Um, yeah, and he went there to donate some some of his seed, his sperm, and he got met with a little surprise because he couldn't do it on his own. And he thought the nurse was going to uh, jerk his dick until he came. Instead, she looped up her fingers and <laughs> tickled his prostate until he did so. And if you remember the scene, uh, if I could reenact it for uh, like five seconds on a podcast, I believe he said, I, and um, I believe if I, I'm paraphrasing here, but maybe it went something like this. He was like, stop. And then, okay, uh, don't stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> to
7: and they basically believe. cried in her arms right there and then the movie ended with him going to see the same sperm bank uh, except there was a different nurse and then she was like so you want me to use two fingers and he was like did I say that oh my god I can't believe I said that Better use use three just in case.
6: (laughs) Uh, uh, Sir, I'm sorry. You were just here three days ago to get tested. It seems to be a little early. It's like, nah, never. Nah, no way. I'm good. I'm good. good. (laughs) I was just thinking, it's like, (laughs) no. I want the big test.
7: (laughs) Sean William Scott. That's his name. Look up Road Trip. And yeah, she tickled his prostate. And that's why he went back to see her or uh, same clinic anyways.
6: (laughs) So uh, for the BBC, they said uh, some people have complained that the procedure caused them psychological distress. I, I can see that. I mean, it is kind of a compromised position to be put into, to say the very least. Uh, Some Japanese have reported to our embassy in China that they received anal swab tests, which caused great psychological pain. Um, It was not known how many Japanese citizens received such tests. Some Chinese cities have introduced anal swabs with local experts claiming they can, quote, increase the detection rates of infected Uh, people. I just want to cut you off there for one point. Like, I'm I'm not racist or anything, but
7: are you surprised that the chinese aren't sharing their statistics with america
6: you know hold on to that thought i mean i mean hold on to that thought because i'm 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 there with you like i really am but some of the shit that we're gonna listen to later tonight i was like what in the fuck am i listening because it's just it's so outside of the wheelhouse of anything i've heard in a while okay
7: all right i mean all right so it's a different style of anal swabbings, so I guess. But or, or, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll let you I'll let you tell me.
6: Uh, uh, just to wrap this one up, uh, at the time of the launch, state media reported those tests have been contra- controversial among experts, and they were far less uh, they were far less efficient than tests in the upper respiratory tracts. The existing tests were preferred, as they believe most people con- tra- contract the virus orally. <laughs> <laughs> You know you're not allowed to do that in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, a, it's against COVID guidelines. Um,
7: if, you, if you say so.
6: <laughs> now our uh, our next story. You know, I, I really want to hear Malachi read this one because I want to hear him get all triggered over it because I got triggered and I know if I got triggered, he's going to get triggered all over it. Um. So we'll do. We we'll get s- triggered on this podcast now. Uh, you know. I think. I think. I think we I think we all, you know, have our have our moments. Um I know. But it, it gets it, me it's every always, time too, man. It's always I'm- it's always entertaining though, which is I think my favorite part. <laughs> and all I right. think I think with the way that they describe some of the work that they do in this particular article, I think it's gonna <laughs> I think it's really gonna piss off. <laughs> it's, it's like I'm training him. <laughs> <laughs> Swirl my mustache.
1: <laughs>
6: <laughs> so we'll um, we'll okay. come back to that one. Uh, uh, we should do that. Let's see. Oh, so we were talking about theater is never returning. Um, on one hand, on actually a lot of hands, on all the hands that I have sitting in my closet right now, I'm leaning towards agreeing with you. I don't know if entertainment's going to be able to back, uh, bounce back. I'm yeah. seeing
7: a lot of skeletons in the closet on that one. I have to admit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, you know, obviously you and I both share a theater degree, but man, that's just kind of
6: fucked right now, isn't it? Yeah. Did you see the pictures of what we're about to talk uh, talk about next?
7: Mm, I'm gonna say no for more entertaining purposes. So you go ahead.
6: So we're uh, we're back in Japan. Uh, that was kind of unintended, but it worked out kind of neat. Um there is a theater troupe that figured out a new method of doing a fucking show and it's called This has been dubbed Theater Through the Mailbox uh mailbox slot and to describe the picture of it it's like a semicircle with these just little uh, flats that they've installed with fix scenes to make it look like a door. And there's just a simple mailbox slot that they got to sit there and, and watch the performance through. So they got to like lean in and hunch over and, and, and uh, it's a very limited view. And it seems to be a um, sort of a uh, dance focused show. Um, let's see. It's a dance company, moonlight mobile theater uh, audience members sit on stools. <laughs> <laughs> Stools and separated cubicles surrounding the stage, each with its own door and letter drop slots, through which they can watch the dancers. Ooh, how nice! Uh, the theater company, theater company, began this people viewing in December after canceling most of its shows last year because of the pandemic. God damn it! Um, let's see. The why, why, why do the rules have to be redneck though? <laughs> You know, I just I felt I felt I felt real comfortable slipping right into it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's because you're a southern boy, maybe. Uh, you you're know, southern I think, I think there's I think there's a lot of Southern boys that come through this show. You know what I'm saying? You want
7: them you want them southern things ain't you? <laughs> gang
6: gang. <laughs> <laughs> um there is kind of a bummer quote right here at the end. If we don't do it, artists will lose opportunities to dance and act. Uh, we want to propose this as a model to bring audiences back to theater, theaters. Um, speaking of which, I uh, I don't have this in the show notes. I posted it on No Agenda Social. Um, which uh, Monty, if you want to come hang out in like the No Agenda Social network, they're going to cap it off at ten thousand people, and they're getting they're getting real up there in the numbers. Really? Yeah, really. So if you want to, like, it's a- more than a thousand right now it's all it's almost up to ten thousand. oh man uh, i'm in there i'm in there oh oh, oh shit okay i'll you, uh gonna, i'll, I'll send the, y- the invites and everything after I,
7: I i didn't think i didn't think we were getting like popular man no 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 like, no, no, uh, no no not no. that i doubted our content i was just like i was just like i didn't no. i didn't think i'd see the day where like <laughs> no i was like we're, like we would have to like uh short sight the fact that it's like monty it's gonna be 10000 i i'm gonna be like all right I, i'll give it three years
6: like <laughs> no what i was saying is the uh no agenda social which is the it's the mastodon federated server right 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 um which me and malikai are on uh we don't have 10000 that would be really cool but, um we don't have 10000 followers i'm saying that they're going to cap the amount of people that they allow on the server at around 10000 okay just so you know um But I saw this meme going around. I wanted to share with everybody a little Stockholm Syndrome uh, straight from the theater community. Uh, So what really is inside of the vaccine? This is a picture meme, by the way. Forgotten kisses and hugs. School trips. Grandparents at your Christmas table. Movies with warm popcorn and Coca-Cola. Sold out theater shows. Gigs. (laughs) Evening meal in a fancy restaurant with your friends. Last minute, spontaneous weekend away. Home parties and football afternoons with your mates. Roar the fans when the teams score the goal. Simple handshakes. Open borders. Teachers walk between the tables. Flights every five minutes and busy train schedules. And the best thing you can still stay at home if you really want. What, what sort of uh, sick shit?
5: <laughs> God. I get- That's what this is, you know. Satanic black magic. Sick shit.
6: Oh wow! Holy shit! We only there's only 160 slots left for no uh, NAS. Wow, it's pretty phenomenal. Uh, 159,
7: is as far as I'm concerned. Hey yo. <laughs> <laughs> um.
6: All right. Fuck Reuters. We're done with that story. Um. <laughs> Dad sent me this one for our mind crime segment. <laughs> Pops, pops, <laughs> yeah. I could not believe this one. I was just like, man, we're just gonna. We're, this it's just nonstop abuse. Like we can we can get them as young as we want to now. Like it don't I matter mean, it, when you think about, it, man, we're the
7: test dummies for a lot of shit in our era. Like, yeah, when you really think about it, like credit scores, our our parents really didn't have that. Like when your parents were eighteen, there's no credit score, right? That's just a new thing that they're testing on us. And then, uh, I can't remember another one, but- 5G. What's that? <laughs> 5G. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like uh, in terms of technology and all the other shit, too. Like, the yeah, internet? yeah, absolutely. 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 We're all test dummies for it. It's fucking nuts. But, like, I'm not saying, like, uh, some of it hasn't been great and brilliant. Like, I would never, like, write it off like that. But at the same time, man, like, yeah, goddamn, man. Like, credit scores? That's just a new thing to dismiss people as far as I'm concerned. Right. It really did. Because before, I I believe, like, I mean, credit scores weren't invented or used until, like, I think 1980-something. Oh, another one, a personality test. Before the late 1980s and the 90s and 2000s, there was no personality test. Right,
6: from the fucking guidance
7: counselors. you You know what it's like to get a job at Walmart or any of these corporations. It's a personality test, too. And it's like, if you're not loud, outspoken, tell me an introvert kills it on those exams. <laughs> yeah.
6: I mean, that, again, that's one of those things that kind of falls into that new order of barbarians where they're like sort of, uh, Not not priming, but they're they're Mm -hmm. figuring out the career path for for the child, you know, for them where they're taking that burden off of them and the family. It's like, I mean, put a hundred bucks on it. Do you think all these
7: personality tests coming from the companies are like, hey, uh, only the hire the people who are like loud and outspoken? No, but guess what the corporations are going to (laughs) do? You know what I mean? Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it, it's just another way to shun people away. Between personality tests and, like, uh, credit scores, it, it, it's just, uh, I'm sorry. Well, I a mean. A new and, and wave uh, beginning of, like, I don't give a fuck. I just want to write you off. That's it. I now, just need a reason. The,
6: the no, interesting the interesting thing is, I mean, these Without personality FC tests, know you. like, l- legit, you know, it, could you not argue that it's sort of the same vibe with social media? Like you've got to stay within a strict set of lanes that you're Mm -hmm. not supposed to step out of, uh, not supposed to talk, comment or question certain things, or you, you face this, um, this issue of being the platform since cancel culture is now officially canceled. Never existed. BT dubs. Just hope, I hope everybody caught the fucking memo. If you're still on fucking feedback, um, but well, that, we're getting a little ahead of myself. This is a brand new toy that you can get your kids today.
11: Yeah. Quarantine taught many of us how to work from home like a boss and save up our coins. Now Fisher Price is here to teach your kids the same. Now here we have work from home office playset and the smart stages piggy bank. Allow your little mini me to dream big as the boss of their own empire or imagine that they're working just like mom or dad with the work from home office set. This 8-piece pretend playset includes a pretend laptop with fabric keyboard that can be folded back to turn the laptop into a tablet. Also included are 4 fabric apps to attach to the computer screen, a wood smartphone and headset for all those important business calls, and an on-the-go cup for kids to sip their favorite beverage. Urgent calls from the cat? The busy business requires immediate attention. It's easy to carry around from room to room, but note that there is no storage when playtime is over. Children want to act like adults, and this allows them to be just like mommy or daddy and have their coffee, phone, headset, and computer, and to be an important business person.
6: Fucking vial of happy pills.
11: It brings forth a lot of creativity, imaginative play, and it's well-made and sturdy. As for cons, there's only one little small issue, and that is that no storage is available. I give it 4 out of 5 stars. God.
6: Here's my thought. Why not just give the kid a fucking tablet?
7: <laughs> yeah, that'd be a hell of a lot easier.
1: <laughs> it's like...
7: God. It's not like that game of, like, overcorrecting things, and and then you, like, do too much shit, and now you don't know what the fuck you're doing anymore.
1: Yeah, because
7: well because you're honestly the me too movement or something like that. Like one of those, like <laughs> it's stupid. Like you can't like, it, it had good intentions at the beginning. It had good roots. And now you're, you, you don't know what the fuck you're doing over there. The, uh, it's scary. It's a little scary to me.
6: The, the article that, uh, that got shared with me, it's got some pretty funny stuff I'd like to go through and just and read a little bit of this one. Um, uh, my home office for kids laying somewhere between dark satire and a meme looks like a parody and a meme that looks like a parody and rather a dark one uh, at that. The obvious takeaway once upon a time children might pretend to be an astronaut or a superhero before the educational system disabused them. Uh, of all of their dreams. Now, apparently, a toy inspired by the COVID-19 remote work boom, which has converted so many homes into offices and schools, will teach them to just skip ahead and start fantasizing about a soul-draining life of slack banter and Zoom meetings. I sh- sh- shiver at the thoughts. This flew so close to satire that the truth-on-the-internet arbiter, Snopes.com, I am the arbiter of truth and justice, taste the bottom of my boot snopes.com mm. weighed in on the manor, confirming that the eight piece play set is perfectly real and uh, carries a suggested price of 24.99 uh in fact according to its amazon listing it's been available since august um let's see they've they've had a series of uh popular online parodies such as the tiny toker which included a uh toy marijuana paraphernalia my first vape and a Happy hour playset complete with uh, toy stools, tiny beer bottles, and a kid size bar. Um, let's see. I fucked up the notes here. Now it, everything's like it, it's, no. It's all good, man. It's all cr- very cringe
7: to listen to because it's like where is people's like lack of like empathy and understanding and sense of humor and all this shit. It, it, it's just very mind boggling. Like how far we come. Like we're trying to like catch up so hard and make things right that we don't give a shit about, like, just just literally like the, there's just like a complete lack of empathy on the fact that, like, alright, th- this started that way, but it doesn't mean it's like that anymore. Like, we're all understanding. Like, I, I just don't understand where people, like, come from. And it literally has the same, like, uh, definition at the end of it, where it's like, I don't care Uh, what you did, but at the same time, if I hold the same microscope on your own life, I'm probably going to be a little disappointed like just one or five or eight years ago or let alone a whole decade or two. Like, come on, everyone evolves. Everyone grows. That's evolution. You're not the same asshole you were hopefully 20 years ago. Right. It's okay. It's okay to actually change and make mistakes. I'm not saying everything you did is like within omission. But you you, at some point, like, yeah, own up to it and it's all right. Like, I I forgive you and let's move on. I think you're a better person.
6: (laughs) Uh, well, would you like to skip no more room in hell for tonight? And we can go straight into, uh, (laughs) I like this title a lot. It's not going to cancel itself. (laughs) Uh (laughs) What you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling it's
7: not going to cancel itself.
6: Um, so yeah, uh, I guess there was just a fucking explosion of memos going out on the social media, like I had uh stated just prior. Um, lots of posts about cancel culture, lots of memes about cancel culture, lots of fucking articles about cancel culture. I guess it's got something to do with uh, Jim Jordan at the CPAC. I haven't seen it. Uh, I can only imagine. I mean, it's like rah 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 fuck cancel culture, which I tend to kind of agree with because I don't think, um, I don't think uh for the most part that people should be expelled from a place of employment for suggesting uh or stating a specific moral religious or just uh sincerely held belief you know, Oh, uh, or political uh,
7: this is outside the um norm of us but uh how do you feel about Pepe Le pew we didn't have <laughs> we didn't have that on the agenda today but like seriously that's on that's on the cancel culture list right now
6: yeah, I mean, uh, well, OK, so Pepe Le Pew, why is he being canceled?
7: Because he's too sexually suggestive, suggestive and he like, perpetuates rape culture, according to some people.
6: And what about Miss Piggy with uh, domestic abuse?
7: Yeah, I mean, yeah, Miss Piggy in terms of Kermit the Frog, like, yeah, I mean, that's cool. I mean, she wants him and she needs him and that's cool, right? <laughs> well i mean but, but, but when peppy needs it well, it's rape
6: <laughs> yeah they pulled that scene from space jam too um right i mean i mean
7: it, it, I mean, it kind of goes along with yeah uh I, you're I, I saying what, what's her name uh from space jam the rabbit
6: oh lola bunny yeah lola, lola. lola.
7: and i didn't really give a shit about her being like sexually neutered or whatever they did. uh, And the new one, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter to me. Like, I mean, so what, like get your rocks off to another anime as far as, as far as I'm concerned.
6: I just like Uh, the, I just like the design of the, um, the color scheme of the, uh, old, um, I don't like that huge, uh, like uh, halo ring thing that goes down the side of the Jersey. I, I, I,
7: I gotta agree with you on that. Like, uh, as far as the colors go right now, I'm not feeling them right now.
6: Yeah, I feel, I feel
7: like they really fucked it up there. Like yeah. I don't give it. don't give a fuck about the sexuality of whatever character right now. They fucked up the colors already, right? Because like
6: you think about Space Jam, like I mean, fucking Jordan. It's in supposed it, to right?
7: be. It's supposed to be like bright, bedazzling, like wowie. Yeah, like, I'm watching flash and it, and it's like very like. Uh, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Like, well, run of the uh, mi- run of the mill type of the shit. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't love it. Love so,
6: it. so Jordan had Nike, right?
7: And I, I, I also heard someone uh say like they've also uh. Uh, digitally inserted LeBron's hairline oh, Jesus. <laughs> back into the movie. Um, I'm sure that's 10 million dollars well spent. But anyways,
6: <laughs> <laughs> what if they accidentally fucked that file up with the uh, with the, the Henry Cavill <laughs> one where
7: they had to do the mustache? I know. I, know. I, I was like, that's literally what I told my friend. I was like, well, if they could spend 10 million dollars taking off a mustache for Superman, why not give LeBron a hairline again? <laughs> like, oh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else to say to that, but yeah, uh, it's weird. It's weird.
6: Now the, uh, as far as like the, the shoe, cause Jordan had Nike or Reebok. Uh, it was always Nike. Always yeah. Nike. Jordan. Always Nike. Yeah. Now there's a, there's a particular brand of shoe. I'm, I'm blanking on it, but I can just see it in my head. It's like the knockoff, like they try and make it look really flashy, but you can just tell from a distance that the, the product is of inferior, uh, quality. Okay. It's just it, It's supposed to look really bright and flashy, but as soon as you hold it, it feels shoddily made. It feels like it's ready to fall apart. Very lightweight. Not um. Not very sturdy. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. That that's kind of the just the vibe I get from Space Jam 2 In
7: yeah, a nutshell. I, I, yeah, I get that. It seems uh, cheap.
6: Yeah, cheap. There you go. Um. So this article. God, which one was this from? CNN, what exactly is cancel culture? Is it someone getting fired for harassment or problematic views? No. that's.
7: (laughs) I was going to say it's like that and everything else. Yeah.
6: Is it a popular figure losing fans or affiliations because of their past actions? I would say cancel culture to me right now is a
7: spectacle of someone losing it. And it doesn't matter if you like or care for the well-being to begin with. It's just them losing it. That's all cancel culture is right now. I want you to lose it all. You have something to lose, and I want you to lose it all. And I'm gonna enjoy the soap opera of you apologizing and still losing it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, it. It started off in a very good place, like, and it has like a really good place in society for people who deserve it. Like, it deserve it deserves Harvey Weinstein type personalities and things like that. But now it's like,
6: well, that's because oh, oh, that's because now, it, those- now it's
7: like. And now you're a Republican and you're on the Mandalorian, so ah, you're not yeah. left enough to be in Hollywood. That, that's <laughs> stupid. That's stupid.
6: Yeah, that whole yeah, I'm I'm it's I'm very, very, very much disinterested, uh disinterested in Mandalorian season three, just cause yeah, I'm like I'm just sick. I'm just sick of it. It's stupid, man. It's like, um, you don't see, you don't see Disney turn around saying like, "Okay, China, you, you just put on the books that you could rule homosexuality a mental disorder." We're not going to play. With, we're not going to play by that rules. No, they didn't do that. They didn't do no, shit. I, I thought it was dope itself
7: Disney to be like, "Hey, uh, we have some racial shit in our history, and we're not going to neuter it. We're actually going to keep it on there for you." But as far as the Mandalorian's concerned, well, this bitch like isn't apologizing enough so she has to go that uh, i thought that was like you know obviously like ignorant
6: well like, i thought they stupid. were i thought they were pulling peter pan maybe not uh it's, it requires I, it requires more checking into
7: mean, i mean uh they still have steamboat woolly and uh what's the one with the bluebird uh zippity do uh, you
6: know talking oh uh
7: uh oh my god you know what I'm talking about. I know what the, you're, the, right the, you're talking about. The, that beautiful racial song, zippity doo That, Zippity-Day. Like, come on.
6: <laughs> my, oh, my, what a I beautiful that shit in,
7: day. I watched that shit from, like, third to sixth grade, like, on a regular.
6: <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to bug me now that I can't think about it. But uh, you know what I'm
7: talking about. And that's that didn't get canceled but because Mandalorian is popular enough. It, it, it's just chiming in on whatever is popular, and if you're famous enough, I want to take some shit from you. That's what cancel culture became, in my opinion, in 2021 and 2020. It, I
6: mean, it's it,
7: it started off like it with good reasoning. But now it's just like it's just a means of control and bullying. That's all it is to me.
6: I mean, as far and as I think, as I think, as I think as the, that's unfortunate, the, as far as the Harvey Weinstein stuff is concerned. I mean, motherfucker, I'm fairly certain broke some laws. Yeah. Um and, and as
7: far as I'm concerned, people still start fuck all the time in Hollywood. As far as I'm concerned, you try to tell me like everyone in Hollywood has a role because they're the best actor. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm <laughs> like, tubing <you're>, right
7: now. <laughs> ser- like, ser- like, seriously, you think there's no one out there that won't fuck their way to the top? You're crazy. You're crazy. You keep working as hard as you will. And you're like associates beside you is like, yeah, you- you're such a hard worker. I'm going to fuck my way and get that role over you. <laughs> like, like I, I I, think it goes both ways, man. It's Ooh, like, I, there's I, people, there's people who are obviously, obviously, like, uh, uh, how could I so well put it? Uh, they were definitely molested and raped. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yep. And then there's other, and then there's other people who are like, I really don't care. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to the top. And those people still exist. And guess what? They're still coming. <laughs> That's what I, that's Spend my money
5: on, it. on the come.
6: I'm serious, man. Like, yeah. Song day. of the South. Yes, Mama Berry. Thank you. Song of the South. S- Song of the South. Yep.
7: Yep. Yeah. I mean, it. it it's just mind boggling to me that people act like shit changed just because we got rid of Weinstein. No, 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 no. no, He's just you a guys,
6: fucking, he's not even the tip of the iceberg. He's, he was just the face of it, if anything. Not that's even the face. About, like, right, right. Because, you know, the, there's, Take the, oh my God, who was it? The Roman Polanski. How many people mm-hmm. signed his fucking papers like, oh no, bring him back. This guy fucked a 13 year old
7: uh, back in 1970, whatever, and won an Oscar in 2011 for the pianist.
6: <laughs> yep. Just waiting for him to get canceled. Sitting on the fence, waiting for Roman to get canceled. Canceled.
7: And all the actors that come that went on that stage and said like, "Hey, you shouldn't be canceled." By the way, uh, Meryl Streep. How many times did she thank Harvey Weinstein? Oh yeah, she's not, she's not getting Oprah? canceled anytime soon. Yep. You know, all of them.
6: Clinton was photographed with him. Yeah, I mean that, that's 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 yeah. a, that's a whole little tangity thing. Um, I mean, dude, that's a whole fucking episode on this podcast, as
7: far as I'm concerned. Well, oh, oh, oh! oh. By the way, uh, who's the latest sweetheart? Um, What's her name from The Hunger Games? Jennifer Uh, Jennifer... Lawrence. Yep, yep. Oh yeah, I I can remember at least three or four speeches when she won her Oscars and Golden Globes. Thank you, Harvey. And then, like, not even like three or four years later, he canceled. No one asks her anything now, though.
6: <laughs> See much from? Well, I guess you know Hollywood shut down and all that. Well, well I guess she didn't have to fuck him to get the role, right?
1: <laughs> uh,
6: yeah. This is the, the CNN article <laughs> you know just saying? like uh... <laughs> that's
7: what I mean, though. It's like you can't even ask a question. <laughs>
6: Yeah, I don't think uh, there's ever going to be any stop because there's just so many people that are complicit uh, and have been complicit for so it, long. That it's just a it's house of whole, cards. It's a house of cards, literally. It with is. fucking it, Spacey it, right there. <laughs> the whole industry is built on
7: what can you do for me right now yep. and how do you get the role?
6: And it gets really fucking creepy when you think about how much clout these stars have in I influencing mean, people.
7: I mean, can you blame them? I mean, look at it.
13: Look at the whole thing.
7: It's disgusting. (laughs) Like when you actually think about it, it's like, if I do this and I'm in this picture, then I have this much influence and that's it. (sighs) That's why, that's why there's no more uh, movie stars anymore, by the way. It's been uh, so overly saturated and I think for better reasons, I'm glad it Mm. is. But like, when was the last time you saw someone say like, I'm going to go to the latest Jennifer Lawrence movie?
6: Mm nah yeah it's not really star driven it's uh no it's it's, all it's um content. ip driven yeah yeah absolutely that's all it is um i you know it's, this, it's this more than
7: ever like what have you done for me lately that's it you're not even a star anymore there's no Schwarzenegger. there's no stallone there's no jean-claude van damme it doesn't matter like you're just a person in an ip
6: well, yeah, I, and,
7: I was going to say and state. And, but... and, you, and you can be replaced, too, at any given moment. How many Hulks have there been? How many of uh, Spider-Mans have there been? Well, it shit, they, they, could,
6: they could just fucking deep fake you at this point. They could. Right.
7: Nah, yeah, who fucking cares? Which I still got to go
6: and see that Tom Cruise shit. I, I've heard that it was pretty nuts. I, I don't know what it is yet. It's just more shit going on. Um the other cancel culture, uh, it's called the real case of censorship. It's from the rolling stone. Um, essentially it's just sitting here around. It's like, Oh, you know, Republicans and right wingers, they don't give a shit about cancel culture. Um, and they do mention CPAC speeches and social media accounts to decry people being forced to change what they say in the name of mob sentiments. Um, I guess two years ago, a fourth grade or teacher, a fourth grade teacher in South Carolina public school, asked students to write an essay to society on any topic that the principal was then going to collect into a booklet for the entire class and their families. One of the students in the class submitted a paragraph for this assignment on a topic that she cared deeply about. But when the principal went to compile the essays into the class booklet, the principal decided that the essay topic was not appropriate, would be disagreeable, and would make other uh, parents upset. The principal teacher forced a student to write her essay. Write her essay about a different topic entirely. Um, earlier this week, a federal appeals court ruled that the principal and school district were well within their rights to refuse publish uh, to, to uh, rights to refuse to publish the student's essay. Um, and they, you know, they keep tying it to people who are outraged about Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head and the Muppets. Uh, this is the mm-hmm. actual paragraph. I don't know if you know this, but people view on transgenders uh, is an issue. People think that men should not dress like women, like a woman and saying mean things. They think that they are choosing the wrong thing in life. In the world, people can choose who they want to be, uh, who they want to be, not being told that their diction is wrong. I hope people understand that people can hurt themselves from others hurting their feelings. People need to uh, think before they speak because one word can hurt someone's feelings. We need to fix this because this is getting out of hand. Um, and, you know, they they get really pissed off uh, that this story was canceled. Do you want to take a guess who appointed this judge? Trump. Nope. Biden. Nope. Kamala. Huh? Kamala. She ain't president yet. <laughs> well, who was it? It was Obama. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, I guess Democrats got a censor. (laughs) I mean, I mean,
7: as far as I'm concerned, because you know, I love Obama, but at the same time, uh, he obviously didn't hire her through stand-up comedy practices. Because if you use the phrase "you can't do this" or "you're not allowed to do this," I literally hate you to your core. I really do. You're very insensitive. You are too serious. And honestly, you're a fake person to me and you're like very fakely politically driven to impress all your friends and echo chambers around you. Right. Like you're just trying to jerk off everyone else who you haven't had sex with and never will. Teamwork for my friends. Like that's it to me. And honestly, that's honestly trending and popular more than ever right now, too. You can be a fake male feminist more than ever right now. (laughs) <laughs> ser- like, ser- like, seriously, I, that's what I see, man Oh, I see trust me, of-
6: I, I know I know the type all too well, man I, yeah. It's like it, it, It's a fucking, being a soy boy is cool as ever right now It's The way I take it is, oh, right Because uh, the, the knights in shiny white armor never ended bad for anybody when they fucking rolled right. up
7: <laughs> Well, wait till that guy doesn't fuck you and then you realize, oh man, he was never, like, uh he was never on your side anyways he was like just a fake asshole yeah. the whole time
6: well um let's uh <laughs> let's let's check in with uh let's check in with a new muse um you know definitely trying to get at least a little snippet from a comedy uh, excuse me a comedian uh, every week you know kind of change it up this week we're going to feature a little bit of bill burr speaking on this very topic here i'm not really that
10: much afraid of it i guess because i don't have a lot to cancel well all it would I think- take is
6: if corporations just backed their talent
10: and really looked at whether it was ridiculous or if there was something there then you you know you could uh you know it wouldn't be as crazy but you know if you're just gonna just sit there and be like- my favorite thing is when they go back like seven years and they go can you believe this happened and it's like, wait, how old are you? You're 35? You were 28 when this happened. Mm-hmm. It took you seven right. years to get offended by this? Right. <laughs> it's like, obviously, <laughs> when this happened, it didn't, even, it didn't even register on anybody's radar. And things have changed a lot in seven years. And then they go back. And if you're in the public eye, it's like, why aren't you where we're at now? But there's no video evidence of, of the vetters, like mm-hmm. where they were at. I mean, I, don't, yeah. I said on another podcast, no one can survive a vetting. Especially yeah. if you're going to no. tell me what my my mm-hmm. what I was really thinking beyond what I like. You know what I was thinking more than I do. So I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I
6: really don't. So yeah. you're deeper in my head than I
10: am. <laughs> <laughs> no,
7: shit is so fucking true, man. Like, I mean, you, you obviously he's like on more of the side than I am because I'm all about like freedom of speech and everything. And comedians are all day fighting for that yep like it, it, it's fucking ridiculous man like yes you evolve i'm on the side too like if you're contradictory like within five years i'm happy because it probably shows you're evolving <laughs> like oh well, yeah like, that's, yeah that's fair. you know what i mean yeah i i i if you're not contradicting yourself in my opinion, you're probably not changing, and it's actually a little more scary to know you because I'm probably tired of your shit.
6: <laughs> well, think about this too. Remember when uh, Hillary Clinton was uh, super, super anti-gay? Like, um, you know, I mean, Hillary
7: Clinton was like uh, whatever was trending yesterday, and now she's not today, and whatever the fuck. Like, I mean, I mean no one man, has ever, no one like quotes Hillary Clinton. Quint, Quint, Quint Hillary, Hillary, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I totally fucked that up. But yeah, but seriously, like Hillary is not like the spokesperson for like what's trending today. She's like, got no a podcast. Yeah,
6: cool. Wait, <laughs> how long
7: did that take her
6: <laughs> to God. set up? Um. Uh. Oop! I fucked that one up. Um. Let's see. Uh. Let's go into some clip two here. <laughs> what you, well, well, I think that after the bankers
10: nuke the economy in 2008. I like how yeah. they didn't get canceled. <laughs>
8: <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great point.
10: They didn't get canceled. Oil companies dictating our foreign policy. None of them seem to get canceled. But that yeah. same guy who works at an, uh, an oil company, if he was at a food court at a mall and he said, hey, nice legs, that would be it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> totally
10: it's just the, the kind head. of person we want dictating our foreign policy <laughs> <laughs> yeah
7: totally the head of bp who just
14: spilled a billion gallons of oil into the gulf yeah he's fine What's yeah it- and
10: also you just human be- beings are ridiculously flawed mm-hmm. which is why this whole cancel culture and going back and vetting people it's like oh did you go back and find a mistake i made yeah i mean you could have vetted today Already at ten thirty four in the morning, I've already made mistakes. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> right,
10: <laughs> but but those I who haven't are, said anything that I regret yet today. I don't think those who are doing the canceling, by the way, are basically saying that they're living this perfect existence, and you know y- you don't measure up to you know, their fake uh, persona that they're putting out there because nobody truly lives. Well, they like also that, act right? like they speak for everybody. And they they don't. What they are is they're very smart in that they know how they know where (laughs) the money's at.
6: Yep. They are, again, the arbiters of truth and justice taste. I know it's bullshit, man. (laughs) I fucking hate it. I I can't stand it.
7: These people who want to speak for everyone. And honestly, most of their friends are really nice and they really want to tell them to shut the fuck up. We know you mean well, but honestly, we never called you Martin Luther King and you never will be. You have five hundred followers on your Twitter. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, to be honest, like you, you are that person. You're very good at making a good run in a, uh, I guess, a uh, bar scene. But otherwise, you kind of need to shut the fuck up because no one cares what you have to say, really. And that's about it. You're very good at uh, making a lot of noise around nothing, though.
6: No. Yep, I'm going right for the wallets. I mean, it makes sense. You know, it, mm-hmm. it definitely makes sense.
7: And that's all, uh, that's all they have, man. Let's go for the wallets. Let's go for people who have something to take down. Because if you don't have anyone to take down, you're quiet and you're useless.
6: And you need to shut the fuck up. So and- they don't want to
7: shut the fuck up. So they go towards someone who has something to lose.
6: Well, you know what else they say? Silence is violence. Mm. Uh, let's do, uh, I got two more clips for that's Bill cool,
10: So what they do is they put pressure on the money. And Mm -hmm. the corporation's mindset is if if this is losing money, get rid of it. Corporations are not into right and wrong. They're not into human beings. They're not Mm -hmm. into nature. They're not into the environment. They're into making money. So all they have to do is put pressure and make it seem like the person they're in business with is going to be a liability. Then they just get rid of them. And the reality is, is if they just wrote it out for three days, you know what they're like? Cancel culture—they're like a—they're like a pack of meerkats, where they got a like, giant poisonous snake, and they're all just sitting there lunging, lunging, like they're going to do something, and it freaks the snake out. Even though the snake, what all have to do is just bite one and kill it, they just sort of psych them out. And the bottom line is—is this—and I'm not saying that everybody that they—they they criticized is you, you know is not worthy of criticism or everything, but the, just this whole thing where you know I like when they cancel somebody, and as especially as a comic. Which really seems to be the big thing. You can mm-hmm. be a banker. Oh, yeah. We were saying when you know, for some oh, reason, yeah. the bankers in two thousand eight didn't get canceled. You know, but if you tell like a, a a transgender joke, whatever you're supposed to say, and it doesn't go the right way, then then you're done. You can cook the economy, right? And have the greatest generation eating dog food for the rest of their <laughs> life, even though they paid into this. That's fine. But if you tell a joke that they don't like, all of a sudden, and then what I love is is if the comedian so continues on and wants to go see a show. And is sold out the show. They then attack the club owner or the promoter and put pressure on them. So it's like, well, wait a minute. Hasn't this, the people spoken that right. they want to go? They still want to see this guy, or at mm-hmm. least these four or five hundred people. Mm-hmm. And now you're 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 parenting these adults. So I just think it then then it becomes like you know it's like well, what are you guys doing? Because now you're kind of becoming like the Gestapo of the uh, of of um, I, I guess. I don't know,
6: society, how people are supposed to think. I love it. I mean, he, he comes right out, fucking nails it. I think it nice man. It's Bill Burr, man. I He's think it's real. I think it's this is a really dangerous, very volatile mentality.
7: Um, uh, shout out to Bill Burr and his podcast. It's called Monday Morning Podcast. Check it out if you ever want to just lose a couple of hours to hearing some real conversation and to let I don't do think he's right like. I, I don't think he's a genius by any means, but he can. How could it he
6: be? He's from Boston. He,
7: he, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But he'll give you some experience, then you'll be like, "Man, why do I keep listening to you? Because you're just a regular guy, I guess."
6: <laughs> oh, I, I love his descriptor. Bill, Bo- uh, Bill Burr rants about relationship advice, sports, and the Illuminati.
7: <laughs> uh, I, I love the fact that he invites his wife uh, now on the podcast, and she totally deconstructs. Uh, everything he has to say, sometimes I think it's awesome that their relationship relationship goes to the fullest. Love it, love hearing oh, wow. it, love listening to it. Seriously, like uh, ne- I think her name is Nina. Listen, to Nina, she will totally deconstruct everything Bill says because obviously she sleeps with him every night and she fucks him up all the time on his podcast and it's fucking awesome. Nice. And she does it. She does it in a completely like positive relationship way that. I mean, honestly, you wish you had (laughs) like, like, I I love Bill, but honestly, Nina, Holy (laughs) shit. She's the,
6: she's the brains behind the operation.
7: Like she deconstructs everything because she knows you too well.
6: (laughs) I will. I will definitely check that out. And Um, and
7: it's it's very fun and comedic too. Trust me.
6: (laughs) Definitely looking at it. I tried doing uh, uh, Dana Carey, Mm -hmm. um, and he went a little It uh, went a little too woke for me I gotta admit I was like Man if your first episode You're already talking about I think it was something over Like people are scared To take the vaccine Like these people are stupid I was just like Okay Yeah well, It was fun while it lasted
7: Yeah that was a little too dismissive Yeah You can't do that <laughs> Yeah you, yep, yep, yep. you just gotta Like deal with the fact That people have different jobs so
6: I think that brings the official working list to Tim mm. Dylan, Theo. Uh, By the
7: way, on this podcast, if you take the vaccine, I don't think you're a simp. I don't think you're stupid. I think you're just trying to do the right thing and you're trying to move on. I, I think that's okay.
6: I am going to take the um, other option and plea with people. Please, please don't do this shit. <laughs> I think I think it's going to be incredibly dangerous. Um, new information has come to light, man. New shit has come to light. I agree, uh, but
7: you know, you know, I'm going to be the test money for this podcast, right?
6: I, I don't, I don't want you to, man. I really don't hey. want you to.
7: Hey, bro, big old dick. I got I, this. <laughs> <laughs>
6: uh, well, uh, I got one more. I got one more. Of Bill Burr. I don't remember where he takes it, but this wraps it up. That's fine. Yeah, you no, know,
8: there's I mean,
10: no room for mistakes. There's no room for growth anymore because you're immediately just fucked. Yeah, and it's just because they know where to apply the pressure. They're like jujitsu artists. <laughs> they get you in the triangle. <laughs> you, don't, you don't fear that, though, right? <laughs> you, you don't fear being huh? canceled or anyway. any way, do you? Of course you? I, I mean, do. You do? Of course I do. Well, I mean, if you're going to just – if anybody can say anything and they don't have to – there's no trial. I mean, who's really safe? I mean – but how I mean, has that affected the way you go about your life and the way you go you go about your comedy? You know It actually made me go a little harder. Ah. It's just like, all right, well, I mean, if you're gonna get in trouble for this shit, I'm gonna go down swing. I mean, but also like I've grown as a person as far as like, you know, there's that thing when you first start being a comedian. You have this um, sort of cartoon idea of what a comic is, and he's smoking a cigarette, and he's got a leather jacket, and he's fucking talking about all this taboo stuff. So you Dice. you try that.
6: What was it? Uh, Jack and Jill went up the hill.
7: <laughs> yeah, Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah, easily. <laughs> no, I totally hear what he's saying about that, too. That's a cool version. Andrew Dice Clay was, like, very cool at one point, and then we found out... Uh, actually, I shouldn't say we found out, like... He just wasn't uh, as funny as we all thought he was. But uh, at the time, he killed it. He crushed it. Yeah. Crushed it.
6: He's got some. He's got some. Uh, I, I, it's all the, the nursery rhyme shit naturally for me. Um, mm-hmm. But uh Yeah
10: you try the jacket on hey am am, i am i a bill hicks guy am i lenny bruce yeah and you know you you, i went through that period and it's just like that's not who i am and then when my life was not going the way i wanted it to and the more i was sad about not finding love not getting married not having kids the more i was trashing women the more Mm. misogynistic my act got but it was if You know, when I go back and look at that, I look at it now, it's like, I didn't believe any of that. That was all of my fear Mm. of committing to a relationship, dying alone, never having kids. I just didn't have the mental capacity to understand where that was coming from. You know, it's just but like if somebody would, you know, to look at it now
13: and be like, oh, this is a guy who's going to be the spokesperson for SeaWorld when he said
10: such and such in 2006. He's like, I'm not that guy anymore. I don't believe any of that stuff. But it's it's like, it's on video. It's it's like the but, Nazis. But, but is your, so is like, he, listen to it? Yeah, to go, this go, right go, here. go, go. The Nazis' yeah. crimes are on video. Yeah. They're never getting let off the hook. All of those other guys, Attila the Hunt and all these lunatics, <laughs> Stalin yeah. doesn't have enough video. He didn't have enough video. Yeah. To get to, to really stick.
7: God. I agree. I agree, man. Like, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. Comics <laughs> I way too much uh, hate on the uh whether it's like me too or the um what's the other movement we're talking about cancel culture. Yeah, it, it's all it's all the same shit to me, man. Like, I, I can't stand it. It doesn't belong here. It does. It, it just really doesn't. These guys are trying to make you laugh for a living. That's it. Let them try. I if it's a shitty joke, don't laugh. And they know they need to work on some shit. And that's about it to me. Like, I have a sinking
6: suspicion it. that Gamergate ties in in a bigger way than what it appears to be. I, I really I really think Gamergate was a bigger happening than um it's weird. Like I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain it because I wasn't on the internet at the time, but I,
7: I, I think the reason you can't explain it is because it wasn't designed for what's being applied to. Yeah. And that's about it. I don't think you're wrong. I, I think you're very right. And that's why you can't exactly see why. Like, why is it over here? And it should be over here instead. Right. Like Bill Burr and Harvey Weinstein are completely different. Well, yeah, we okay, to, so why, why, like, why are they being even mentioned in the same sentence as cancel?
6: <laughs> well, fucking, how about uh, how about Bill Burr and Matt Lauer? Huh? You know what I mean? Uh, like, what, what what the fuck happened with uh, Matt Lauer? Where is he at these days? What's he up to?
7: Who, well, who cares? Like, cause he's like a well written off like white guy who ha- always had it good. So yeah, he's good.
6: I, I would I, say he's I good. Think, I don't think he's good anymore. I think he got fired because he had a rape button installed I'm, on his desk. I mean, did he get a rape button with like
7: twenty or forty million dollars on his exit check? Like, I don't know, man. Oh yeah,
6: uh, like, yeah. I guess he never like, didn't officially get arrested or anything. That's a good. point. I mean, point.
7: you're aware, you're aware of golden parachutes, right? Yep. Yeah, so maybe he got one of those. So it's like, yeah, he shuts
6: the fuck up and he's good. Um, I will definitely. I should. <laughs> I should circle back on that one. Um, I know. I, I totally feel Bill
7: Burrow and all this shit because it, it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. It's, it wasn't meant to be applied to comedians. Comedians are supposed to challenge you and make you laugh at things that you weren't ready to laugh at.
6: Yeah. You know what? You know what kind of kings uh, uh, ordered their court jesters to, to get the old beheading trick? What's that? The douchebag ones that no one liked.
7: What what's a douchebaggy about them? I have to admit.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like okay, this person annoyed you, even though it's their job to like make jest of everything. And it's like, nah, it's not. It's not working for me. It's not. You're not doing it. You're not doing it for me. I gotta get you to do it for me. If you ain't doing it for me, then you got to go. You got to go. And then we get in there, shout,
7: and that's bullshit.
6: It's the life and death of the comedy. Um. Are well shit. Uh let's see. It's about that time for some intermission action. Uh you want to take a quick break here? Oh, or do you have to boogie?
7: I have to boogie.
6: You got a boogie? Okay.
7: I got a boogie oogie. Okay.
6: Well, um, in that regards, uh, I still got an intermission lined up for everybody. Um, there's some really good shit in here tonight, and I'm pretty happy with this one. Uh, you finished that shit, man. And well, let's see. I'm looking at the time. We're already two hours in. I know it's probably closer to like an hour thirty, maybe forty five. Dude, um, I would
7: say just break it up in two episodes. Like, uh, upload. Well,
6: this is this is going to be. I, I don't want to. Well, we can talk about the the technical stuff later. Um, I just I think this is going to be like we did the New Order Barbarians. It was multiple episodes. Uh, I think this is going to be something that we're going to be kind of mucking around in for the next couple of weeks for sure. Okay. Okay so there's not gonna be any shortage of the things that we that are coming to talk about and you can yeah. always come back and re-listen um, we're gonna
7: have cancel culture and no one's getting canceled because they shouldn't be.
6: <laughs> oh fuck you're gonna make me canceled <laughs> Oh my god um, well in that case I'm gonna go ahead and get this intermission going and um, if I don't see you back when uh, we're back then I will talk to you very soon
7: all right brother i appreciate you and love you and uh yeah we got this we got this
6: hell yeah it's our latest and greatest baby (laughs) (laughs) always our latest and greatest that's why it says the 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 last episode that we released it's always going to be our latest and greatest because we're still doing it indubitably indubitably um well yeah i hope you have a good night and uh in that regards let's uh Let's hit some intermission. All right, bro.
4: Tell me about punk rock because I have heard, I've read well, all kinds of. Well, I'll tell of you about of- punk rock. Punk okay. rock is a word used by dilettantes <laughs> okay. and uh, and uh, heartless manipulators about music that takes up the energies and the bodies and the hearts and the souls and the time and the minds of young men. Who give what they have to it and give everything they have to it. And it's a it's a term that's based on contempt. It's a term that's based in fashion, style, elitism, Satanism, and everything that's rotten about rock and roll.
6: <laughs> what I can't figure is whether you're you're acting against that label. You don't like the label. I'm not acting. No, I know. Reacting
3: against the label then. Respond,
4: responding angrily to the label. You don't like the label. Is that right? I don't like to hear it come out of someone's mouth. <laughs> okay. Where do you like to hear it come out of?
6: <laughs> now, listen, tell me seriously. I have, I have never seen you perform but I've read reviews about vomiting on the stage, about sticking pencils in your flesh, about bleeding lips, and about all those things. I want to know the purpose behind that. I, I, Uh, The
4: the purpose or the reason? The purpose or the reason? I vomited, I was ill. I'm not sorry, I was ill. Uh, Everyone gets ill sometimes. And uh, I was ill one evening, and as I felt that I was going to vomit anyway, I decided I may as well do it uh, with some style. So I did it something like this. Do uh, you understand what I'm saying, sir? Uh, I am try you don't have to call me sir. No, I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot your name) <laughs>
3: I said, dumb man, a brand new cure has been found. There's no need to be infected, dumb man. There's a thing you should know. I said, gay man, the new job's ready to go. You can take it, and I'm sure you will find. anime throughout history. Figure 1. When Oedipus reached Thebes, he encountered a Sphinx. If you want to pass this point alive, you must answer my riddle. Explain to me the plot of Neon Genesis Evangelion. It was at this time that Oedipus knew he was in trouble. (laughs) What's the matter, Sphinx? Too deep for you? Go watch something more your speed. A baby anime. <laughs> like Lucky Star. Defeated and ashamed, the Sphinx had no recourse but to let him pass.
0: Um, there's there some, there some pretty good ones. Uh, especially, you know, one of the crazy things when you do these live Q&As is some of them are very silly. So, we got one. Mark, are the allegations true that you're secretly a lizard? Um... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go with no on that. Uh, I, I am not a lizard, um, but you know, keep the high-quality comments coming in. Please, this is uh, surely on track to be uh, a great live Q&A if we, if we continue getting stuff at, at that level of quality. Um, there's actually a lot of funny stuff in here, in here, too.
13: Won't you join me in my brand new show, an educational program with me, Andrew Cuomo. Let me work my way into your hearts with my personal stories and informative chats. It's the Governor Andrew Cuomo Rocking Chart Show. Quick story. When I was a boy, I would watch Howdy Doody. One day I received a gift. It was a Howdy Doody doll. It was my favorite toy to play with. Until the day I found something more fun to play with. My penis. Sit back, relax, and take me in. I'll entertain and teach you. That's a real win-win. It's the Governor Andrew Cuomo Rocky Chalk Show. We have fun. I show chalks. Welcome. I want to start this show off by addressing the elephant in the room. Somebody touched my Emmy without asking. McConnell, was it you? I found slime on it.
8: For God's sakes, apologize for assaulting that girl. <laughs>
13: okay. I'm embarrassed, I'm embarrassed. But for the record, her body was saying no, but her words were, please don't touch me. I said, relax. I'm merely trying to squeeze your head until it pops. Okay, let's look at a chart. Here is a chart of your grandmother's sexual attraction to me over the past year. We start off with a spike when I start to do my daily briefings. We then have another spike when I start to show charts. Here's the point where I killed a bunch of old people, bit of a dip, Then sexual assault claims, one, two, three, five, five, six, etc. Okay, that is all the time we have today. Until next time, keep your head in the clouds and your eyes in the charts. Regrets, I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention, quick story. My grandfather used to tuck his genitalia underneath himself. The front part looked like a lady. Confusing. One day, I walked in. Do you feel blame? Are you mad? Uh, Do you feel like... Now
5: we're back. It's
6: just me and you now. Well, me, you, this Miller Lite. We got some incense going. I've been up for about 36 hours at this point. So we're just going to do whatever it is that we're going to do. And uh, we're going to have some fun. There was an episode of Abs in a Six Pack that featured Jan Irving that has sort of placed my head where it is now. And um, it was sort of Jan was the inspiration for tonight's topic, which is the X Club. And Thomas Huxley specifically. You might recognize the name Huxley from Aldous Huxley, author of Brave New World. His brother, Julian Huxley, who founded UNESCO through the UN, WWF, uh, big time eugenicist. His, excuse me, their grandfather <clears throat> was a, uh, well, I, maybe, maybe, maybe we should uh, let some of the clips play and let them do the talking so we'll um this is from an interview with matthew errett of uh one radio network and he has wrote a fairly um substantial article that we're going to be kind of dipping in and out of for tonight um but we'll uh we'll get this intro going
5: you write about um uh, some kind of a club by uh huxley it was put together x club and there were 12 of them and and one of them was a real Darwinist kind of guy. Explain to us who, really what the, in simplest terms, for those of us who were mostly uh, sleeping during this class, uh, Darwin's proposition. I mean, what was his basic idea, Darwinism?
14: Sure, yeah. Well, uh, th- this group, this X Club, I mean, it sounds like something out of a comic book. Um this was a group that was set up under the leadership of Thomas H. Huxley, the uh, the father of Leonard Huxley, the founder of the or the leader of the British Eugenic Society, and uh, oh. grandfather of Aldous and Julian Huxley,
1: hmm. Julian
14: the guy who invented UNESCO and also ran the Eugenic Society, and Aldous being, a, you know, brave new world fame. Um, hmm. This this was a group of leading British imperialist scientists um, that were recruited to reform British science policy because I mean people have to. Just before I say anything about Darwin, I really want people to appreciate the world of transformation and creative leaps that were happening uh, throughout the 18th and and 19th century.
6: So this ex-club that they they reference uh, was founded in 1864, went all the way up till 1892, private dining club. Um, It met monthly in the social season from October to June, uh, and they had declared – uh, they they had no declared objective but early records revealed shared aims and values um, the friends that had met on November 3rd 1864 were described as devoted to science pure and free untrammeled by religious dogmas um, just based off of my plebeian understanding this seems to be sort of a uh not a critical mass is completely the incorrect term but it's definitely a sort of, um, maybe it's more Robert Johnson and the Crossroads, because you've got this collision coming up between the sort of religious orthodoxy, I suppose, of the time, and uh, the philosophy of naturalism, which I do have that definition right here, and philosophy, naturalism, is the idea or belief that only natural, as opposed to supernatural or spiritual, laws and forces operate in the world. Adherence of naturalism, i.e. naturalists, assert that natural laws are rules that govern the structure and behavior of the natural universe, that the changing universe at every stage is a product of these laws. So it's very rooted in, you know, it's um, there is no sort of esotericism, which is interesting um, because as far as I would ever claim, there's, <laughs> there's, there's this weird sort of occultism. And uh in my humble opinion that rides right along with uh with a uh, with damn fucking everything that we've been talking about to some degree i mean look at hollywood and the way they implement symbology and and employ these archetypes to elicit these sort of prim- not primal um there's a better word there uh but these they they elicit these emotions and um that was one of the things that we had covered in new order of the barbarians is the idea that they would reuse entertainment. So it's like, it kind of keeps you in this sort of, well, you know, the problem with a revolution, right? Revolution goes 360 degrees <laughs> around. Uh, but let's, let's get into, uh, some intro action. Number two, uh, throughout the 17th, uh, 18th and, and 19th century,
1: mm-hmm.
14: um, led in large measure by forces within America, like, um, I mean, Benjamin Franklin himself was uh, known as the Prometheus of America. He wasn't just the, the father of the American Revolution, but he was the leading thinker who discovered uh, the nature of electricity and, and trumped all of the, you know, the most noble uh, European scientists of the world, uh, but also brought it down to improve the life of man, which is the key that he I mean, for for Ben Franklin's thinking and people who thought like him, like Alexander von Humboldt later on. Uh, the idea of political emancip- emancipation from monarchy and hereditary power structures, and the um, the, dis- the, the principle of scientific discovery of natural law, hmm. the law of, in their mind, it was not a, a science was not dichotomized between religion and God on the one side and man's logic, which proves the uh, irrationality or the, uh, the non-existence of God on the other hand. That, that, that dichotomization that we suffer from today was not there in those days, and that the fact that it wasn't there is also, I, I would say, what gave birth to some of these wonderful revolutions uh, of, of paradigm-shifting science. Um, and the rate of new discoveries was just unbounded, and it was something that was very disruptive.
6: Mm. Admittedly, I did make all of these clips today, so I, I've probably missed a couple of the endings there. Sloppy work. Like I said, it's it's coming along. I just got too much information. Now i got to figure out a better way to consolidate everything. But to catch us back up. Um, so it's a real like revolutionary time for science. Uh, you heard it, him there mention, um, I would consider occult references with Prometheus. I mean, that's, that, that's a definite archetype. Um, there's no reason we couldn't take it a step further and, and equate the fire to knowledge. Um, knowledge to an apple, like Prometheus, Lucifer, are they the same... Are they the same entity? Uh, I mean, if everybody is really just following the same sort of uh, spiritual origin story, I mean, it's it's it all came from somewhere. That's my best understanding of it. Just being this asshole behind a microphone. I mean, I'm I'm <laughs> by no means a uh, religious scholar. I just got some experience in the church. Uh, Growing up, and you know, a different definite interest in secret societies and occult uh, works and stuff. So it's it's a weird blend of both, to say the very least. Um, so we got the X Club, you know, the big time, big big turning point in history for science. Um, the next couple of clips are going to go into what uh, what the political scene was doing at the time, and this is. Maybe maybe we should have pulled the clip uh, a little earlier into the presentation but something you got to understand I have never quite heard an interview like this just based off of what I've heard in the past uh well, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and just get it out there you know it's since 2016 this is the first time I've I've heard something that's just it's come across in in such a fashion um it's weird. I mean, the clip is uh the clip is labeled CCP WTF, so you're definitely gonna want to stick around to hear it. Um and and it's it's gonna it's gonna bring a weird spin to everything. Uh but let's get into some of the banker wars that were leading up to this.
5: But let's go way, way back and this whole idea of nature magazine, Darwinism and science and and you write that there were at some point, early on, around the time of Lincoln, there was this big kind of rift uh, going on where uh, Britain, uh, who had their you know their hands in central banking and and uh, and 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 such, they were they were beginning to feel like they were going to lose control of this whole empire thing.
14: Yes, that's right. Yeah, it, I mean, one of the, the keys that I found to be of great use in unlocking a lot of the Gordian knots of history was recognizing that the empire, the British empire, um, that had dominated the world for so many hundreds of years, never thought of itself and never acted as a military empire. It never even acted simply as a banking empire, though it needed military and banking functions. Um, it operated, if you, if you get into the mind of one of the higher level controllers... Uh, a Lord Palmerston or a Lord John Russell, for example, or a member of the uh, the Black Nobility, uh, managing this sort of thing from the top, it was always seen as a cultural um, a cultural warfare. Scientific management was always part of the the package, um, and certainly this came to a head around the period of the late uh, middle to late nineteenth century, um, expressed in the form of the U.S. Civil War, which, as you you pointed out. Yes, the the London banks had worked very hard to strangle Mm -hmm. uh, the United States of of any chance of credit. I mean, if people know of the famous story of Lincoln having been uh, given the (laughs) the gracious offer of 30 percent interest loans by uh, Wall Street and London banks uh, to to keep the union intact. Uh, These were it wasn't a loan. This was this is a fraud. I mean, he, he knew this was a joke, which is where the idea came out. Uh, of his network to create the greenbacks Mm -hmm. uh, to self-finance, which was a constitutional form of credit, uh, which is the only legitimate form of credit um, permissible in the American system, which uh, the British hate. Um, And I wouldn't say all the British people because the British people were very much in favor of uh, the union's position against slavery. But the aristocracy um, wanted completely the, the Confederacy and the slave institution, more importantly, to dominate for the. Um, they wanted the breakup of the Union, to yeah. essentially a divide to conquer.
5: Yeah. So it was, even back then, kind of where it's called, the term is all, often used here, bankers' wars, really. The, oh, yeah. The, the bankers Absolutely. were in on this. We've had people say the bankers were planning this thing out for 10, 20 years, Civil War.
6: Banker wars, forever wars, wars that won't ever end.
14: <sighs> oh, yeah, absolutely. This is this is I, I would say as soon as the, you know, the, <laughs> the, the American the American Revolution uh, had just ended and they were already thinking about how do you use the greatest Achilles heel in America, which was the dichotomization between the the slave owning the slave power faction and the uh, the side, uh, you know, in the north that preferred to have industry and, and were against slavery. Hmm. Uh, people that followed Benjamin Franklin's uh, way of thinking more than the uh, the Thomas Jefferson Jackson view that no man, some people are born slaves because of their skin color. Hmm. Um, so the, the British uh, oligarchy, the financial oligarchy, had always exploited that, that weakness inside of America and worked it throughout the entire 19th century and it culminated uh, through a lot of fuel on the fire through British intrigue um, and a lot of British puppets who were positioned into into power positions in American uh, presidencies, um, it, it culminated in the Civil War. Yeah, and and you bring up uh, how I write about the the origins of Darwinism and this whole scientific rift. Yeah, that's, that's just also real fascinating,
5: and that and that's really comes yeah. back to what's going on today, right, uh, Matthew? Uh, and this whole WHO and Fauci and and uh, it's it's like a religion
6: yeah it's definitely a theme that we're going to be touching over and over again it's this concept and i don't think anybody that's listening to this show um especially on the no agenda stream i mean they're they're in recent times there's sort of been a uh, maybe maybe it's not even a Maybe, maybe this is a slow burn as old as what was it, 1892, 1864. I mean, this this uh, concept that science becomes the new doctrine. Um, it, it's <laughs> uh. I want to go ahead and um, bring in uh, one of the main players. This is a couple of clips about Thomas Huxley. Uh, We got some good, we got some bad, we got some ugly.
15: Have you ever been to the zoo and wondered why humans and apes look so similar? Well, there's a perfectly logical explanation for that. Thomas Henry Huxley, also known as Darwin's Bulldog, was a pioneer for the widespread acceptance of the theory of evolution. Thomas Henry Huxley was born the 4th of May, 1825, in Ealing, London. He was the second youngest of eight children to his father, George Huxley, and mother, Rachel Withers. After experiencing financial hardship in his family, Huxley left school at age 10, but was still determined to educate himself. And he managed to do so by learning multiple languages and becoming an expert in invertebrates and vertebrates. Because of all his work, he managed to become one of the most knowledgeable men of Britain at his time. Back to the main question of the video, the theory of evolution. This is a topic that Huxley assisted to be recognised by the wider community. So what is evolution? Evolution isn't so much on how we started on Earth, but how we diversified to the many different species we now see. And they are still continuing to change and adapt today, right in front of us. First, Huxley wasn't too sure about Darwin's theory of evolution. Later on, he publicly supported Darwin's views with lectures and books.
6: Yeah, it it uh, it's going to be mentioned that Huxley didn't even really seem all that into it uh, as as evolution as a scientific idea. I suppose it, it was more of this um, one of those things that just. Uh, Allows one to implement more of a social control over people. Um, my apologies about the music. It's uh, it had that it had just enough of that sort of psyop uh, sort of music, and i I couldn't uh, I couldn't resist it.
15: This is how we got the name Darwin's bulldog. So. What did Huxley do to support the theory of evolution? Huxley used research from embryology, the formation and development of an embryo and fetus, paleontology, the science concerned with fossil animals and plants, and comparative anatomy, similarities and differences in the anatomy of different species, to demonstrate the evolutionary relationship between humans and apes. In 1860, Owen, Another scientist at the time said that the gorilla brain was more similar to those of the lower primates than to those of humans. However, Huxley refuted Owen's claim. He was able to show the similarities in the cerebral morphology, which is the changes in the structure of the brain between apes and humans were greater than between apes and lower primates. And he demonstrated the presence of the hippocampus minor, which is a part of brain in apes and monkeys. In Huxley's book, Man's Place in Nature, he states that every living creature commences its existence under a form different from and simpler to that which it eventually attained. So, with all this said, next time you visit a zoo, don't forget you're actually distant ancestor from an ape.
6: sounds a little (laughs) accusatory or something. Can't quite explain it. Uh, So one thing that uh, Huxley was able to generate a lot of buzz over, uh, the date was June 30th, 1860 at Oxford University. Um, uh, Hundreds of onlookers were gathered around a heated debate over – uh evolution versus creationism Uh, it's the huxley wilder uh, excuse me wilberforce wilberforce debate uh known as the 1860 oxford evolution debate and was a series of lectures about the scientific evidence for evolution whether it could coexist with the literal interpretation of the bible uh featured huxley and bishop samuel wilberforce um the discussion is remembered both as the first public rebirth uh, <laughs> rebirth uh, rebuff to creationism and second for a particularly memorable moment in which huxley criticized wilberforce by choosing to be an ape's descendant over that of an in- intellectually dis- uh, dishonest man um some key moments. Uh, Wilberforce began the debate with a strong defense of creationism. Evolution was an emerging science, and Wilberforce had exploited its weaknesses. Uh, though just 20 years later, evolution would become an unshakable rock of modern biology. Um,
2: let's, uh, let's do some Thomas, Thomas Huxley bad. Huxley is also famous because uh, he is considered the father of the term agnostic. Now, the word agnostic is usually used differently from atheist. An atheist is somebody who believes that God does not exist, an agnostic is not really sure or argues that essentially there's not enough uh, evidence to know if God exists or does not exist. But that's not how Huxley actually meant it. Uh, Huxley meant the term agnostic as somebody who was actually against from the get-go any concept of special knowledge or revelation. In other words, uh, the Bible is completely invalid in the Beginning because it claims to be from a divine source. We're not going to consider it. That was Huxley's contribution. So science and religion were indeed in conflict and they were entirely irreconcilable. Huxley, of course, would propound his ideas. He would say things like this He said, Definitely and precisely marked is the structure of each animal. "...that in the present state of our knowledge, there is not the least evidence to prove that a form, in the slightest degree, transition between any of the two groups." And he mentions several, such as vertebrata, or annelosa, or mollusca, or colenterata, he says there's nothing to suggest that there either exists or has existed during that period of the Earth's history which is recorded by geologists. In other words, he acknowledges there's really no great transitional forms that actually show how one major sub-kingdom of animals actually evolved into another. But he goes on, nevertheless, you must not for a moment suppose, because no transitional forms are known, that the members of the sub-kingdoms are disconnected from or independent of one another. On the contrary, in their earliest condition, they are all similar. And the primordial germs of a man, a dog, a bird, a fish, a beetle, a snail, and a polyp are in no essential structural respects distinguishable. In other words, ignore the geological evidence is what he basically says, and take a look at how embryos all look alike. Now we'll unpack this idea later and see that uh, a lot of the evidence of embryos looking alike was based upon faked and fudged documents. But that's their story we'll talk about later. Uh, not here tonight,
6: unfortunately. I don't have that clip, but that'll that'll be a good one to track down. Um <laughs> that, was a, that was a pretty terrible fake out as far as referring to Huxley bad in that in that last one. Yeah. Um, Huxley's family, for whatever reason, I'd say are, are quite capable in creating terms that stick around. Um, so with Huxley, uh, or with Thomas, um, I, I, I can't even say it right now. <laughs> you know which one I'm talking about. Uh, and then we'll find out um, Julian has, or did, create uh, one of the most centerpiece terms to fucking three quarters of this shit far as the, as far as the, <laughs> as far as the, the uh, lizard people, as far as they want to take it, I'm trying folks, I'm trying. Uh, let's, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get through some, um, Thomas Huxley ugly. And this comes in from a creationist, uh, standpoint or a uh, viewpoint, I should say standing um, so we'll get a little, uh, antithesis going. Evolution is popular.
0: It seems that every
6: time you turn on the TV,
0: you read a college textbook or you flip through an astronomy magazine, you see some form of it. Now, how did this philosophy become so popular that it literally took over science? Well, maybe we should take a look at Thomas Huxley, who was a leading humanist during the time of Charles Darwin. They actually call him Darwin's bulldog because of his lifelong dedication to promoting. Darwin's ideas. Now Darwin was you might say his idol and he actually did more to popularize evolution than Darwin himself. Thousands of people turned out for his lectures on evolution and unlike Darwin he wasn't afraid to broach the topic of human evolution. Now unlike many Christians of his time and our time Huxley realized the inconsistencies between evolutionary ideas and scripture and he understood the importance of a literal Genesis TO THE GOSPEL. HE SAID THAT IF THE HISTORY RECORDED IN THE OLD TESTAMENT IS WRONG, THEN WE CAN'T TRUST THE NEW TESTAMENT ACCOUNTS EITHER. NOW HUXLEY SURE DIDN'T SAY THIS BECAUSE HE LIKED THE BIBLE. HE DIDN'T BELIEVE GOD'S WORD AND HE WAS HAPPY WHEN PEOPLE REJECTED IT. HE DID IT BECAUSE HE UNDERSTOOD THAT YOU CAN'T HAVE A FOOT IN BOTH WORLDS. YOU CAN'T CONSISTENTLY HOLD TO BIBLICAL TEACHING AND EVOLUTIONARY IDEAS. I MEAN, SOME PEOPLE TRY TO BLEND THE TWO. but they. Really really are polar opposites. Huxley wanted to show that you can't hold both ideas. I think he was right about this. But then he went on to claim that evolution was the only scientific position. That was one of his strategies to encourage people to doubt and reject God's word. Huxley's words have truth for us today. If we accept evolutionary ideas, we're saying that the history recorded in God's word is false. But this history provides the foundation for the gospel. Without a literal Adam who sinned and brought physical death into creation, why did Jesus, the second Adam, come and physically die? He was raised again as well. And that's just one simple example. A belief in evolution and millions of years undermines the entire gospel message. Instead of trusting man's word, we need to start with God's word and refuse to compromise with the thinking of our day. I'm David Reeves. Truly, the heavens declare
6: the glory of God. Don't forget, New Order of Barbarians, they talk about uh, this shadowy shadowy organization <clears throat> getting the involvement of the Roman Catholic Church, um, getting, getting them involved with uh, sort of sculpting society, sculpting perceptions, sculpting morals and views, and... Um, What do we? Oh, we missed one. Uh, Let's do uh, Oh, unbound. Yeah, this one sounds fun. Um, And the
14: rate of new discoveries was just unbounded. And it was something that was very disruptive to those in the British uh, imperial um, courts that wished to keep a system of equilibrium control in place. And obviously, anytime you introduce a new idea that's not monopolized, um, it's a lot of it, it creates a lot of disequilibrium, a lot of lack of control. Imperialists hate that. They hate the, mm. the, the effects of real creative yeah. thought. Yeah. So yeah. this is what they had to really um, in the mid 1800s, it was becoming realized that the, the old nobility was too mentally lazy to stifle the explosion of these discoveries. They were not mentally rigorous enough. Um, because they were set in their ways, you know, you're, you're dealing with blue blood, blood, blood bloodlines, people born into prestigious families who don't like doing a lot of work. So Hmm. how do you counteract Hmm. (laughs) the electric polarized, uh, you know, uh, discoveries? How do you, they're not sophisticated. So they had to find a new way of doing things. They recruited talented misanthropes like T.H. Huxley from the lower, lower castes, And many of these scientists, some came from the higher up cast, but most of them were from the lower who were just united in their common view that they wanted to be, you know, um, used. Um, Managers of an empire. And so they were given the the responsibility to reorganize the empire's scientific management policies. Uh,
6: One of these, it's the InfoGalactic Wiki, brings up a pretty interesting point. Um, And the rate of new discoveries was just unbounded. My bad. Sloppy, sloppy. Um, and the rate of new discoveries was just un- it's the X-Men along with the X-Club, the participants, the members were, <clears throat> uh, sometimes referred to as X-Men, which is in modern times, comic book based off of, uh, genetics changing in folks. And they are no longer, uh, well, it's in the title They're they're X-Men and, uh, and get superpowers. I don't know where this is going. I might just have to edit this whole part out. I think I might actually do that because this is just getting sad. Let's uh, I think we're just going to do a call it a night because I'm f- literally falling asleep here. This is this is dumb on my part. Should have wrapped it up better. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, next week, we got Dan Reiner. Or, excuse me, Dean Reiner from Up is Down. Uh, we're going to be talking to some unions, same times, Mondays, 930 central 10 30 eastern um we will reconvene back at uh x club following that if anybody's got uh any tips for how to get back into writing <laughs> let me know
1: <clears throat> all i got's my mla book and this is dumb so i'm gonna call it good night everybody